Let's go to the hotline. It's going to have to be hot because it's snowing where he is and there's ice everywhere. And who knows if Paul Feinbaum will make it back to the studio at all this week, but we've got him right here on the Buddy Martin Show in Southern Pigskin tonight. Glad to have you, Paul. And be careful, man. You got your snowsuit. You got your skis. You got all your stuff. Uh, you know, you got all your cold weather gear ready to go. I was trying to tell Buddy, uh, my cohorts, uh, Mark and John, yesterday, who were just laughing at uh, the South, that if you guys don't like it down here, go back to Rochester and Philadelphia, because when it snows in the South, it's not like it's snowing in uh, Buffalo. We don't have snow plows. It's a serious deal, and I'm looking out my window right now wondering if I'll ever dig my way out. But uh, I, ultimately, I will, and it will be warm again, and uh, this, this, this winter will turn to spring, spring to summer, and we'll be right back at media days. Paul, as one who survived the blizzard of 82 in Denver, the 100-year blizzard, <laughs> and one who bl survived the blizzard of uh, 1972, uh, I remember the garbage being piled up in New York City and the snow on top of it. I can tell you, years will be gone in a week. It won't be gone up north, okay? That's the difference. Big deal. Yeah, so. I, I agree with you on that. And, yeah, you know, I've been, uh, as you know, I uh, – Went to Connecticut every every weekend during the football season. I'll never forget the first weekend, buddy. Uh, it was Labor Day weekend. Uh, I went out at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning at the hotel to go over to ESPN, and uh, the, the guy from the hotel was taking me over, and I said, man, it's cold. He said, he said it's Connecticut, man. I said, yeah, but it's, it's September 2nd. He said, it's not going to be warm again until uh, until May. I said, yeah, great, I'm, I'm, I won't be here in May. But, uh, yeah, yeah it, it, for a southern boy like me, uh, I, I don't I don't see snow very often, and I don't want to see it very often. No, it's not something we like down here, but we're seeing a lot of it this weekend. This will be the third time it snowed in Florida this winter. Florida, I said, by the way. But meanwhile, you've been kind of busy. I sent you an email a couple weeks ago, I think a week ago, and said you've had a ringside seat on one of the really epic sporting events ever to happen to watch the Alabama Crimson Tide up close, you know the people, you know the team, you witness the greatness of Nick Saban, uh, and you, of course, you talk about him on the Paul Feinbaum show a lot. But just tell me personally, as a journalist, fellow journalist, what it's been like on that ride for you in these recent years, where Nick Saban has won five national championships in nine years, buddy. It's been extraordinary um, because, as both of us know, we covered uh, Paul Bryan. I covered the very end of his career and. When you, when you think about the beginning of one's career, mine, I'm talking about, at the end of his, you, you, you think back to it, and at the time, I remember distinctly uh, sitting in the room when Bryant announced his retirement, that this was it, uh, that I've had a, <laughs> it, it's kind of sad, I was feeling sorry for myself, as I used to do back then, uh, that uh, my career's highlight would be in the second year of, of, of my, uh, of my existence as, as a, as a sports writer. And little did I know, uh, 36 years later, I'd be covering, uh, Nick Saban's six national championship. I mean, sometimes you just, you know, you know I, I have friends who, when we do things together, they, they, we, we look at each other and say, you know, you, you can't make this blank up. Um, you can't in, in real life either. Uh, because I just, it, it, I mean, I, I knew he would be good, uh, buddy. We talked many, many years ago, uh, 11 years ago when he got to Alabama. I, I assumed uh, he would win a national championship pretty quickly and maybe another one. And, and who knows, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe another one after that. But the idea of winning five or nine years and 
And I'll, I'll make a statement to you that in, so, in certain respects, I, maybe he's underachieved a little bit because he's been in contention pretty much every year but the first one. Although I will say this year's national championship was, was payback for losing last year. So let's not worry about if you're an Alabama fan about the one that got away. You, you had one handed to you on a silver platter this year because th- this Alabama team was not that great. Uh, it, it lost uh, to Auburn. It didn't win its division, and it still won the national championship. Well, you're certainly right about that because a lot of people thought maybe they should have been Ohio State and not Alabama. It was a just backdooring to get in there, and, of course, we know the re- results of that. And, of course, the way it went down uh, dramatically with the quarterback change did you think, and I watched your film room, I really enjoyed that. I clicked back and forth and watched that. It's really fun to watch. Um, and, and, you know, there was you were talking about it at the time. Will he make the change? I forget who made the suggestion. Um, uh, but one of you did, Chiswick or somebody, about whether they should make that change. And I got to tell you. Yeah, buddy, you, what happened was I thought, uh, just, I hate to interrupt, but I, I was watching the screen, and I thought uh, Tua I mispronounced it already, Tungalaloa, um, had his helmet on and was about to come in the game. Uh, and I asked uh, McElroy and, Ch- and Chizik and they said, no, no, he, he, he's not coming in. That would be re-. So, I mean, I, I was, I felt like, okay, maybe, maybe I jumped the gun. Um, but, but I, I think what I saw was true, uh, that he, he may have been about ready to come in and then Saban held him back. You were all over that one, man. That was in, let me just say this, Paul, you're, you're not there yet, but uh, I'm in seniorhood and I can tell you, <laughs> when you're 66 years old, who has the guts to make a change like that? It maybe you could make it at 40 or six or even 56, but at 66, when you have become a prisoner of your own success, and they all have, they all do it. To, for this guy to make this change to me was what? I, how else do I say it? One of the ballsiest moves I've ever seen in football. It's true, and and I think uh, it's a fascinating study of Nick Saban that you know, he did it two years ago with the onside kick. I would rank those among the two greatest calls in a big game I've ever seen. And yeah, I know Sean Payton, I think, or somebody, you know, had an onside kick at, to begin the half uh, of a Super Bowl, but that's a little different. Uh, I mean, these two games were on the line and this one to me was even more desperate uh, because he was, I, I, frankly, I mean, you know, you say this and people get mad, but I mean, Georgia looked like a better team, buddy. Uh, they really did. And finally, uh, Alabama figured out a way. I still don't, I'm not sure Saban even knows how he did it, but, but he just, uh, he, he made that call. Um, it looks easy now, but in real time it wasn't because I was talking to a former Alabama quarterback and a former national championship coach, and they both thought it was the wrong decision. So there you have it. There you have it. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I mean, uh, it was, it was, it's one that, that, a night that will live in infamy. That is for sure, Alabama. Now, let me present this to you. I know your friend Steve Spurrier had this, brought this up the other day. We were talking on the show. Uh, we talked about uh, national championships versus SECs. Now, remember when Spurrier was playing, there really wasn't a national championship, okay? You know all the reasons why. You've talked about it on your show many times. They didn't have one versus two. They didn't even have the poll, had the poll during the end of the, before the bowl games, uh, et cetera. And this was no path to make a national championship. That's why the BCS, although it was kind of a, a Lou Rube, a Goldberg uh, contraption, was better than that what we've had because we had one versus twos. Now, here's the question. Spurrier says to me, hasn't Nick Saban won more national championships than he has 
SECs at Alabama. Uh, and I guess, or at all um, And that's true. Yeah, it's it? a good question. I thought about that the other day. I don't think he, I thought, I thought originally he had, uh, but he hasn't. Um, he's won uh, five national championships, and his SEC championships, I'm just going to count these out loud, were in 9, 12, 14, 15, and 16. So uh, I think it's even. Uh, two of those years that he won the SEC, he did not win the national championship. That, those were in uh, 14 and, and 16. Because originally I thought, uh, coming out of the game, I thought that, that uh, he had actually, it was, it was five to four, but I'm pretty sure it's five to five. All right, I have, to, I have to research that because I originally counted six and five, and maybe I was going back to LSU. Anyway, the point is, is that the fact yeah, well, at LSU he won uh, he won two SEC championships at LSU mm-hmm. uh, in '01 and '03. So what's right. that? He's won seven SEC okay. championships and six national championships. Okay, well there. Are the, if you look at that now, here's the question. I know this is a reach, but go but go. Not with that I sound this. like I know everything about Saban. But I do. <laughs> You should. You live in his cottage house and his property. And I do. We all know that. I do. So, uh, so, so we know. So here's the thing. I mean, this this is a reach. I guarantee. All right. So now, Spurrier says it used to be harder to win an SEC than it was to win a national championship in many ways. And let's just suppose for a minute that's true. If it's true, why don't we value conference championships more in the playoff system? Okay. See where I'm going here? Sure. And, uh, I and, do. And, um, and I wondered about that. What do you think? Listen, I, I, I think uh, it's a fair conversation. And, uh, and I'm not surprised because that's, that's what Steve used to say, as you know, at Florida. But I, I just think we live in a little different world now where uh, we've seen this. You know, we saw it in 11 with, with Alabama and LSU, and we saw it with, with Urban last year, and we saw it with Saban this year. That Sometimes it just doesn't play out that way. Um, I'm not a big believer in that. Uh, I think you, know, you try to win the SEC for one reason, uh, or you try to win the Big Ten for one reason. It puts you in a better position to get to the playoff. But, but I don't think there, there is a direct correlation, buddy. Uh, and until the, the Power Five commissioners decide uh, that is an automatic ticket, then I don't think it, it, it really should, should be weighed that heavily. I think in both cases, last year and this year, the the committee made the right call last year it was a little bit tricky because ohio state had lost to penn state but penn state had also lost two games uh one very badly at michigan this year uh the sec champion did get in so uh i don't think it was as big a deal and and you know listen i don't want to relitigate ohio state season but i think even urban meyer would admit losing by 31 at Iowa was a, was a disqualifier. And, you know, I think the best thing I would say in, in response to that would be, can you imagine Alabama losing by 31 anywhere? No, that's true. I heard you make that point on your show. Now, now, now the other part of this equation is Bear Bryant. We know this age old argument, like you said, you knew him, you covered him. I covered him. Uh, he still is the guy for my generation Spurs generation. When you open up the dictionary, look under coach, his picture is there because he was the dominant figure. Terry Bradshaw told a wonderful story. You should get him on your show sometime about how he had chased Bear Bryant down once as a 19 year old kid, at Louisiana tech, just to shake his hand. So coach, I've always idolized you. And he put his hand up and said, can I want to shake your hand? And Bryant says, put her there. And Terry's comment was, I had to stop and think, am I in heaven right now? Really? <laughs> uh, that's how much. Is that, he, by the way, is that the same? Is that the same Terry Bradshaw that thinks Nick Saban's overpaid? 
<laughs> that was that was just for Phyllis or whoever. I know. You know? <laughs> you, you stirred that hornet's dance up, Paul. You know that. <laughs> Which you do so well. Uh, speaking of oh, stirring yeah. hornet's nest up, uh, just for people who are Laura Rutledge fans, and we have a lot around here, uh, she was not been on the show. Uh, she's not doing something else, is she? Or is she coming back? Or what? Is she starting her well, own Broadway uh, play you know, or what? As, uh, she she uh, is scheduled to be on uh, Wednesday, which uh, I don't know when this is airing. Um, but uh, so if if this snowstorm that uh, if this snowstorm will stop right now, uh, she will be in studio uh, on Wednesday. But uh, right now, I have no earthly idea whether I'm going to be able to dig myself out. She was in Columbia, South Carolina last night, so she is. What her plan right now? is to try to get in here on uh, Wednesday after her Tuesday night basketball game. Uh, so she. Uh, She's a, I mean, she's as dedicated as anyone in a, I mean, she's far more dedicated to be there than I am, I can assure you. Um, so uh, she may have a snowplow that I don't own, but yeah, no, uh, we, uh, she, uh, her, her presence on our show to me was one of the most significant things we've ever done. Uh, and, uh, you know, our, our overall awareness and, and our numbers have, have gone up and, and I think it's because of her, because she brings uh, such a different element to the show, buddy. Well, both of you together. And by the way, uh, you asked the question, is Nick Saban uh, renting Brian uh, Dayball, who now, of course, has gone to Buffalo? Have you been renting him? Uh, people ask, are you renting Laura Rutledge? <laughs> and if you are, well, renew the, yeah, renew I, the I agreement, am. will you? <laughs> I am, only because I can't afford her. <laughs> um, you know, one thing about both of us, we, we both have uh, similar agreements, and they end at similar times. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. And... Uh, my my hope uh, I won't speak for her is that she will uh, continue to play a bigger role. I've you know I've, I've talked about uh, Buddy you know adding someone to our show for going on about fifteen or twenty years, uh, and in in that journey I, I thought I'd found the right person once or twice and had not. Uh, I'm pretty sure I found the right person in her. Good to know. I uh, uh, and and by the way, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to the fact that you guys will be in the off season talking together a lot of football because she knows football, which I, I'd love to hear the two of you talking about that. So uh, let me wrap it up by saying this, asking this question, two things. Number one, uh, what is the Hugh Freeze story? I heard you talking about it. Is there a chance that he would be an offensive analyst? Uh, and, and as you pointed out, he could almost go out and get Al Capone and bring him on and people would put up with it because of his success. How likely is that to happen? I think it's possible. Uh, primarily because I just don't think Nick Saban uh, is going to let any outside noise affect him where uh, Hugh Freeze's name has come up at other places and uh, people have objected and therefore coaches have backed down. Uh, I believe if he ends up working at Alabama, it will be as an offensive analyst. I don't think it will be as the offensive coordinator. And I think it could happen uh, because Nick Saban likes to, likes to help people. And, and it is, it is a fact that he and Hugh are friends and, he really uh, would offer a lot. I mean, these offensive analysts, buddy, basically do what GAs used to do 20 or 30 years ago. They break down tapes. And I can't imagine uh, anyone really better than Hugh. The one thing I'll say about Hugh Freeze, and I I told him this personally, uh, I thought he would have been smarter uh, to try to jump ahead of the story in in, in December or, or sometime after the season. And just talk about what happened, you know, say whatever he wanted to say and quit trying to, to dance around why he was fired. He didn't do that. He tried once or twice in interviews and, and to me failed. 
Uh, and that's why there's still a great mystery about why, why he was fired. I mean, I know why he was fired. You know why he was fired. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he was, he was not fired for putting that program on probation, which is, which is a whole nother issue. Um, so he's got, uh, he's got some rehabilitating to do in my opinion. And, uh, what better place in a, in a windowless office at, in Tuscaloosa? Somebody said he just can't be trusted with a company credit card. <laughs> you get my drift. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> probably not. Um, uh, you know, I don't. I don't. I imagine if he came into the building, uh, the, the reverse would be true of what happened in Mississippi. That someone would escort him around. <laughs> okay. All right. Las Vegas odds right now. You get to make these. Okay. Who takes the first snap of the spring? Tua or Jalen? I think the first snap of the spring will go to Jalen Hurts. I, th- I think that's how Nick Saban rolls. Uh, now, the question, I think, uh, would be who comes out of there. And I, I, I suspect, as you've seen a thousand times, that coaches do not like to proclaim winners. Uh, that uh, if, it's, if it is close, and I think it will be, then it will be on to, it will be on to fall ball. Paul Feinbaum, who's on his talk show longer than any personality in network television. You can get him on ESPN2, uh, on the national scene, 2 to 3. Then, of course, we get him from 4 to 7. My gosh, I go do my show, come back, and Paul's still talking. Uh, Good stuff. Love the show. (laughs) Never want to miss it. And keep up the good work and looking forward to, to hearing what happens the next couple of weeks. Buddy, my pleasure. It's always great to be on with you.